0: The scripture reading will be from Romans chapter 7, verses 1 through 6. Or do you not know, brothers? For I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law is binding on a person only as long as he lives. For a married woman is bound by law to her husband while he lives, but if her husband dies, she is released from the law of marriage. Accordingly, she will be called an adulteress if she lives with another man while her husband is alive. But if her husband dies, she's free from that law. And if she marries another man, she's not an adulteress. Likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. For while we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit for death. But now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code.
1: Thank you, Whitney, and thank you, you all, for the... Pastor Appreciation Gift. I appreciate that. It's a, it is a privilege to be here and to serve with you all, walk alongside you as we seek to journey through life, trying to know Christ better and live for Him. And and hopefully as we dive into this passage today, maybe that will become even clearer for us. But uh, this morning I, I want to talk about marriage. Now before you tune me out, uh, I want to tell you that the type of marriage that I'm going to talk about this morning It's not one that you may normally think of. In fact, everyone in this room is married. Okay? Even you children. Whether you're 12 or 25 or 75, 105, everyone here is is married. Okay? And I want to tell you a little bit more about your marriage here in a minute. But, you know, marriage is is a lifelong covenant. And I think we all agree that marriage changes a person. And so, would you like to know who your spouse is? I'll tell you in a minute. I want to talk a little bit more, though, first about this type of marriage that uh, you're in. You know, marriage is a big commitment. It's a a lifelong commitment, covenant between a man and a woman. You know, when I married Celia, uh, my life changed. I would say for the better. But it changed. Uh, You know, I went from living with three guys at Clemson. To now living with her. That was a change. You know, with the guys that we'd wake up like it, well, we would never go to sleep. We just stay up and about one, two o'clock in the morning, we would deep fried donuts. And you know, I've never done that with Celia. It just changed. <laughs> Things changed. Uh, it affects your, your living arrangements. I went from having, you know, a single checking account to having a joint checking account. You know, so marriage, it affects your finances. Uh, before we were married our friends would call us to do things at college because uh, i had one more year of clemson left when we were married and so we had to, I had to finish up one more year before that friends would call us often about going to do things but when we got married uh, they didn't call us as much and so it affects things it affects your relationships uh, i went from figuring out what i was going to eat for dinner to then we had to figure out what we we're going to eat for dinner which as you know that can be a challenge sometimes Where do you want to go? What do you want to eat? And so it affects many things. Um, You know, instead of doing whatever I wanted to do, uh, it was more about, okay, we need to talk this out. We need to talk about what we're doing. We need to talk about our plans together. Because marriage affects how you spend your time. It affects how you make your plans. You know, I went from cleaning up all my stuff to cleaning up all her stuff. I'm just kidding. You know, that's not true. That's not true. I am just saying if you are paying attention to me or if you've already zoned out. But, you know, the point is that, you know, marriage changes you because you're no longer looking out for just you, but there's another person involved. And so if you're committed to this person, this relationship, it changes everything else about your life. And um, you ever, have you ever heard someone refer to their spouse as their soulmate? You know, what they're trying to describe is that, you know, they have such a deep connection with this person that they feel like, you know, it goes beyond the physical, it's at soul level. But, you know, the relationship that I'm going to talk about from this passage that we're studying is a connection that's deeper than even the marriage that I have with my wife and marriage that you may normally think about. And in this type of marriage that I'm going to share with you this morning, there's actually only two spouses that you can have. Two spouses that you can be married to, uh, but you only can be married to one of them. Okay, You only can be married to one spouse or the other. The first spouse comes in a variety of forms, but its essence is the same. Uh, it's, it's the soulmate that Paul speaks about in our passage. So this first spouse, this first soulmate that people commit themselves to for life is the belief that you can enter a relationship with God through your own effort, and Paul specifically refers to this as being under the law. It's this mindset of being under the law. Uh, being under the law refers to a belief that you can enter a relationship with God by obeying God's moral laws. Okay, but let me let me tease this out just a little bit. You know, people throughout Augusta that you run into all throughout the week, uh, people in your family, uh, friends of yours, and even maybe some of you in here. Um, may be married to this idea that you can earn your right standing with God. Now, this may come in the form of obeying the Ten Commandments or following the five pillars of Islam or going down the eightfold path. But its essence is the same. It's the, the spouse is the same. It's just maybe colored up with different makeup. But the spouse is the belief that you can reach God by achieving certain things in your own effort. You know, you've heard people say that he's married to his work. You've probably heard that phrase. where She's married to her work. And what they mean is that his life or her life is centered around their work. Everything else is secondary. This is primary for them. He, they give first priority to this area of their life and everything else kind of orbits around that. So his work gets the best of him and everything else takes second place. So when I say some are married to the to the spouse of, you know, salvation through self-effort, I'm saying that this belief gets the best of them and everything else centers around this this belief. So this this is the first spouse and this is some this is one of the ones that, you know, maybe you are married to. It's the spouse of I can enter a relationship with God through self-effort apart from Jesus. So I want you to listen again to what happens if you're married to this spouse. And Paul talks about it in this passage. What happens if that is your spouse, if you're married to that idea, that belief system? Because it will change you. Marriage changes you. Whatever you commit yourself to will change you. And Paul says that if you're married to this under the law belief, then you are living in the flesh. And when he says flesh there, he uses the term flesh. He's referring to our human nature that is disconnected from God and unaided by God. That's what he means by the flesh. The human nature that's disconnected by God. In other words, it's it's what you do yourself, what you can do. And he says, if you're under the law, if you have that type of marriage, then you're living according to the flesh. And he says, if you're, you know, if you're left to yourself... That then whatever you know law or pillar or path that you seek to obey, uh, you will actually instead of finding life, you will find death. Because as you seek to try to live up to this standard, what will happen is the law will actually arouse your passions. And so what he says is that if left to ourselves, we try to reach this law. The law will actually entice us. He says to sin. And the fruit that we will bear will be the fruit of death, which is interesting. So the law actually entices us to actually put forth more self-effort. And the result is death, the fruit of death, he says. So an effort to actually live, we actually die. And so we can never be the people that God intends us to be in our own effort. So if you're married to this, you know, under the law belief, in whatever form it may take, you are in a hopeless situation. And we've been seeing that all throughout Romans. Because you don't have it in you, I don't have it in myself to do what is required in order to put me in a right relationship with God. You know, it's trying it's like trying to have a healthy marriage if you're married to your work. It can't be done. It can't be done. When your work becomes first priority, then your marriage becomes unhealthy and in a greater way. You know, when you're committed to a form of self-salvation, then there's no room for God in that marriage. And that's a terrible marriage to be in. And here's the bad news. We were all in that marriage. We, we've all been in that toxic marriage that is driven by the law and enticing our sin nature To try to live up to this standard that we are unable to achieve. You know, Paul told us a few chapters ago that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And you know, the Greek word for all means all. That means everybody, right? We all have been there. We've all done that. We've all been married to that concept that somehow I'm a good person. I'm a good enough person to achieve the righteousness, the right standing required for God to accept me. And Paul says, no. You are married to a wrong system, a wrong belief system, and if you cling to that for your salvation, you will experience death, a type of death that will keep you from becoming who God intends for you to be. You will experience physical death, but you also will experience eternal death away from God if you stay in that marriage. Because this type of marriage, unlike other marriages that we may talk about, is an eternal marriage. It's an eternal relationship. And this presents a problem. And the problem is, how do I get out of this bad marriage? Right? How, where's the exit? How do, you, how do you get out? Now, we know marriage today in our culture uh, is, is not valued as highly as it ought to be. And so if you want to get out of a marriage, a bad marriage, or just your marriage at all, uh, if you want to divorce from a person, uh, it's fairly easy to execute just, I mean, really for any reason whatsoever. But the type of marriage that this passage is referring to is a relationship that can only be dissolved by death. This, This commitment, this bond is in place until there is a death. Listen again to verses 1 through 3. Listen to what Paul says. He says, Or do you not know, brothers, for I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law is binding on a person only as long as he lives. For a married woman is bound by law to her husband while he lives, but if her husband dies, she is released from the law of marriage. Accordingly, she will be called an adulteress if she lives with another man while her husband is alive. For if her husband dies, she is free from that law. And if she marries another man, she is not an adulteress. So Paul's telling us that you can only be married to one person at a time. And the only way to be free from this type of marriage relationship is if a death occurs. Because a death would dissolve that bond. So only death can can do that, can dissolve the bond and free the person to remarry. And so if there is a death, then the person is free to remarry. And the only way for you and I to get out of this toxic relationship, this toxic marriage, this under-the-law belief system, is through death. But I'm not talking about a physical death. Okay, I'm not talking about a physical death. Because I've already told you that being married to this under-the-law belief system is, is one that lasts for eternity. I mean, this marriage lasts forever. Unless there's a death. And so the death that I'm referring to and that I believe this passage is referring to is a death to that belief system. In other words, to get out of the toxic relationship, we must die to that relationship. We must die to the idea that we can reach God through our own effort. There has to be a death to that idea, that belief. We must die to the idea that we can enter a relationship with God by obeying laws or following pillars, or going down a path. And the only way for us to die to this type of marriage is through crucifixion. Now you may say, well, why crucifixion, Ron? Well, because crucifixion is the death that Jesus died. And remember, there are only two spouses. There are only two spouses in this type of eternal marriage, one is being under the law, and the other is being married to Christ. And so the only way for you and me to get out of the to- this toxic marriage is to turn to Christ. And when you shift from placing your faith in Christ, and I mean shift from placing your faith in yourself, in your own effort, to placing your faith in Christ for our salvation, a death takes place. We identify with the death of Christ. And so a death takes place to the what Paul says is the old man, the old self, the old concept, the belief system that I can reach God without Jesus. We die to that. And then we take up this new belief, this new truth that in Christ we can be made alive to God. So we die to the old under the law belief system that it can come from within ourselves. And we embrace Christ and the new life that he offers to us by faith. Paul says it this way in verse 4. He says, Likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. And so when we trust Christ for our eternity, we die to the law in that we die to the idea that we can come to God without Jesus. Okay, we die to that idea. We die to that belief that we can come to God on our own without Christ. We die to the belief that we don't need God's grace. And we die to the belief that we can reach God on our own. And when we place our faith in Jesus, a death takes place to now free us now to marry another. That's the only way that we can get out of that toxic marriage is through the death and resurrection of Jesus. And so by turning to him, a death takes place. We die to that. And now we're free to marry another spouse. And that spouse is Jesus. And Paul says, uh, we belong now to another. And this is a different relationship. Whereas the previous marriage led to death, This marriage leads to life. Life that is both experienced now and forever. And Paul describes how this new life is to be experienced in verse 6. Listen to what he says. He says, but now we are released from the law. Having died to that which held us captive. So that we serve in the new way of the spirit. And not in the old way of the written code. So again, just simply put, you know, we're no longer married to that old belief system that we can do it on our own by obeying laws. But we are now free to serve God in what Paul says is the new way of the Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. So God accepts us into a relationship with Himself because of what Christ has done and God gives us his Holy Spirit to empower us now to live this new life now here's what's interesting if you've been following the, uh, the analogy in Paul's marriage analogy he says that we die rather than saying that the law dies which is interesting that we are the ones who die we die in order to be remarried, to marry another. But the law does not die. And I think the reason that he says it this way is because the problem is not with the law, the law of God specifically. The problem is not with the law of God. The problem is with us. And so there needs to be a death within ourselves in order for us to receive this new life. See, in Christ, the law of God is no longer seen as a ladder. And that's what I believe the belief system that Paul was addressing is, you know, when you see God's law as a ladder to be climbed in order to reach God, you're under that old toxic marriage relationship that leads to death. But now in Christ, the law is not seen as a ladder. It's never, it was never meant to be seen as a ladder. It's not seen as a ladder, but rather the law is seen as a lamp. What does the psalmist say? The law is, or or God's word, the law is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. See, the psalmist had an appropriate view of the law. He didn't see it as a ladder to be climbed to try to reach God, but rather he saw it as a lamp, as a light to the path that is granted in a relationship with God. So now we're in Christ, Paul says, that we've been empowered by the Spirit, this new way of the Spirit. And we see God's law as a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. So here's what's interesting. You know, No longer are we under the law. In other words, we don't see the law as a ladder that we climb to try to reach God. This belief system that we can do it on our own. But at the same time, we're not above the law. In other words, we don't just throw the law out and say, you know, the, the law is useless. Let's throw it out. No. The, the law is useless for our salvation because we can't do it. We can't use it as a ladder. However, for those who are saved by grace through faith in Christ, the law becomes a lamp, a light to our feet. So if we are in Christ, we are free and empowered to obey the law, just like a husband wants to do what pleases his wife because he loves her. This goes back to who you're married to. What type of marriage do you have? And so I want you to ask yourself, who are you married to? Who, who, who is your soulmate? You know, are you under the law or are you in Christ? Are you trusting in your own effort or in the effort of Jesus? And it's either one or the other. And if you're in Christ, do you see the law of God as a ladder or do you see it as a lamp? You know, like I mentioned earlier, your marriage affects every area of your life. And C and I, we attended a, a pastor's renewal conference this past week at the Cove. And in one of the sessions, uh, the speaker shared the story of the resignation of Dr. Robertson McQuilkin who was the president of what is now Columbia International University. And I want to read you just part of an article that sums up why he resigned from his position. The article begins talking about Muriel. And Mur- Muriel was uh, Robertson's wife. And it says that Muriel uh, McQuilkin was a smart, creative, articulate woman. She served faithfully by her husband's side for half a century as his career moved them around the country and the world, including 12 years in Japan as a missionary. But in the 1980s, something strange started happening to Muriel. Her personality changed. Her creative spirit dimmed. She would become fearful, even angry. It did not take long for doctors to discover That a disease had descended on her, Alzheimer's. For a while, Robertson McQuilkin continued as president of Columbia International University. But as Alzheimer's disease continued its terrible work in Muriel's body, he found that he could only, or only he could, care for her. Muriel seems to be almost happy when with me, McQuilkin said and almost never happy when not with me. She seems to feel trapped, becomes very fearful, sometimes almost terror. And when she can't get to me, there can be anger. She's in distress. For Robertson McQuilkin, the solution became obvious. He would resign as the president of Columbia International University to care full time for his wife, Muriel. And when he announced his resignation, he said, I promised in sickness and in health till death do us part, and I'm a man of my word. McQuilkin went on to say, This was no grim duty to which I stoically resigned, however. It was only fair. She had, after all, cared for me for almost four decades with marvelous devotion, and now it was my turn. And such partner she was. If I took care of her for 40 years, I would never be out of her debt. He emphasized that caring for Muriel was not something that he had to do. He said, it's not that I have to, it's that I get to. And in this powerful resignation speech, Dr. McQuilkin gives us a glimpse of what it looks like to be married to Christ. Because of Jesus' love for us, We are able to enter a relationship with him by faith. And now that we are in a relationship, we seek to serve him from a position of acceptance and love. It was love that motivated Dr. McQuilkin to serve his wife. He said, it's not that I have to, it's that I get to. And this sums up our new relationship with the law of God. The law of God is a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. And in Christ, we get to seek to follow that path, not because we have to, but because we get to. And it's an obedience motivated by love. And this is what it means to be married to Christ and to serve in the new way of the Spirit. And if you're married to anything else, then I want to encourage you to submit your resignation and turn to Christ Because by placing your faith in Jesus, you will identify with his death, which will free you now to marry another. And enter into this new marriage, a marriage relationship with the risen Christ. And then it will be the love of God that will motivate you to follow God through the power of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this passage and just reminding us. Of your goodness, of the goodness of your law, and the goodness of your grace. Lord, thank you for what you've done for us through Jesus Christ, your Son. Thank you that we can come to Him by faith and receive the free gift of this relationship with you that uh, spans both now into eternity. Lord, continue to show us what it looks like to love you as you love us. And to serve you as you have served us. Help us to see your words. Not as ladders to be climbed. But rather lights and lamps. To give us vision. For who and where you want us to go. And who you want us to be. Lord thank you for your love and acceptance in Christ. Lord I pray for anyone here. That is married to that old way of thinking. That old belief system. That they can do it themselves. God would you. Draw them to yourself. Would you draw them out of that toxic marriage that they may die to that idea, die to that faith, that belief, and embrace your son and enter this new relationship with you? God, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Help us to walk in this new way of the Spirit today. In Jesus' name,
0: amen.